You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 169, with Katie Klein and Karis Boone. And today, we're sharing a message of life. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast. And today we have a different kind of episode for you, but a message of abundance nonetheless and a message of life. I want you to hang in there. I want you to listen to this conversation. You got to open your mind just like with any of the other conversations that I have. Some of them question your normal thought process. And that's what we're here to do. Because in order to live a life of true abundance, you have to first be able to open your mind and you have to be able to be prepared to bring on a different thought process. Now, you may or may not agree with this particular thought process, just like many of the others, and that's okay. But at the very least, you have opened your mind and you have listened to the message that is being provided to you today. And like all of our other messages and conversations, other people want to hear this message as well. So be abundant in your life today and pay it forward to others by sharing Men of Abundance, sharing this episode and all other episodes with those around you, at least those that you like. And this message in particular may reach somebody who you don't even know truly needs to hear this message. So don't be selective. Share the message with everybody. Share it on Facebook. Share it on your social media. Share it on Twitter, wherever it is that you share stuff at wherever your people are at, share this with them so that they too can hear this message. And of course, make sure you go to menofabundance.com forward slash 169 right underneath the podcast player where the podcast is actually playing from. Click on the iTunes or leave a review button. That'll take you directly to iTunes where you can leave a rating and review. Simply by taking a minute or two to do that, to leave a rating and review on iTunes, you're helping Men of Abundance get found by more and more people around the world. Already, Men of Abundance is being downloaded in 63 countries around the world, which still to this day blows my mind. But people are listening. People want to hear these conversations and what we have to say. So be abundant and pay it forward. All right, so today we have two amazing guests. And they volley back and forth on this amazing subject and their kick in the gut moment and a very, very good news story that is actually one of their own. And it was fate that brought Katie Klein and Karis Boone together. Karis, an embryo adopter, met Katie, an embryo donor, sparking a relationship that brought two families together. Since that time, the two have become friends and co-founders of the National Registry for Adoption helping more families grow through embryo adoption. These visionary women created NRFA to help babies have a chance at life and help families grow. They are unique in that they have lived the process successfully. NRFA is an online destination that connects families waiting to adopt with embryo donors and connects birth parents 
with hopeful adoptive families. The Dallas, Texas company was founded in 2012 and is comprised of people with first-hand experience in children and embryo adoption or donation. Katie and Karis created this service specifically to ease the challenges of donating embryos and finding a match in an adoption registry. They know how long and frustrating the adoption process can be, so they do their best to make adoption or matching easy and fast. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Katie Klein and Karis Boone. Katie and Karis, welcome to Men of Abundance. How are you two doing today? Great. How are you, Wally? I am wonderful. I'm just excited to finally get on with you two. Uh, it's been trial and error. Our schedules didn't match up, and that's just the way it is. But thank goodness for the scheduler because we would be completely messed up without that. And also thank goodness for Interview Valet. Yes, we are excited to talk to your men of Men of Abundance and all your audience here and on the podcast. Yeah, and I don't know if we brought this up before in any of our conversations or if it's been brought up at all, but about 38, 40% of the listeners of Men of Abundance, as far as I can tell, are women. So we're talking to That's pretty much news. everybody here. Yeah, so where are you two at in the world? We are from Dallas, Texas. Uh, Karis and I actually live in the same neighborhood, finally. So we can visit each other, and it's December, to, and finally a little bit of cool weather here in Texas. So yeehaw! Yeehaw! Yeah, indeed. I know Texas well. I lived in Texas um, probably, I think, eight years out of my life so far. I've lived in El Paso four years, Colleen, Texas. Don't recommend it for three years. Uh, and um, San Antonio. Love San Antonio. I lived there off and on throughout my life. Um, going to school there and, and various things. But, yeah, absolutely. My wife and I, we really love Texas. Beautiful place. So I like to start the show out with an attitude of gratitude. What do you two have to be grateful for today? I'm very grateful for my husband. This week will be our anniversary of 10 years. And he's a godly man that leads our family with integrity and love. And very grateful for him. That is awesome. Beautiful. Katie? Yeah. And I, Katie, yes, I'm very grateful. I just love the world that God has created for us. We got to go on a trip around Thanksgiving and see the beautiful ocean. And we've decided to take a trip with Karis and her family in December up into the mountains. And so I just love to get out and explore. And where did you go that you saw the ocean? Oh, we flew down to Cancun, Mexico, uh, mostly because Ooh. it's a short flight from Dallas. And mm -hmm. we have two little, little ones who only want to be on the plane so long so we had a great time i highly recommend it for that is beautiful and i got to throw in um this episode is going to post later but at the time of this recording december december 14th is my wife and i's 25th anniversary yeah. congratulations wow. wonderful about that. And, uh, sh i can say it now but she don't know um we're we're, we're kind of doing split ops right now i'm living in hawaii she's in tampa with the kids for a little bit so we are not going to be together on this um anniversary unfortunately so i've got a plan for her she's getting picked up at the house she's going to go to a five and a half hour day spa and then she's going to get a ride home and i'm hoping the boys are going to do what i asked them to do for when she gets home i can't really control that one from here but we'll see how that works out but um guys don't hate me just follow me i think that's a great plan that's exciting <laughs> i'm sorry you guys will be apart yeah, it's not the first one. It is a big one. It's not the first one we've been apart, but, you know, we'll deal with it. I'm going over there. I'll be there for the holidays, though, so we'll make it up. For the both of you, I would like to ask you, how would you describe yourself? Well, this is Katie, and I don't have a problem describing myself because I'm an extrovert who 
loves to have a good time <laughs> with people and get out of the house and travel and have adventures. And I really enjoy talking and um, being with friends. And I'm a good mom, not a great mom, but I think good is fine for me and a, a fabulous wife, if I do say so myself. So that's <laughs> me in a nutshell. Awesome. And this is Karis, and I would describe myself as having very diverse interests. I love gardening and dancing, playing with my power tools, building things for my kids. I love decorating, uh, cooking. I am not athletic. Um, I am not a complete extrovert, although I'm not an introvert. I do love my alone time, but I do love being with people. I adore my children and my husband, do my best to love on them, and I love the Lord. And I love working in ministry and working with people who the Lord has called us to. Karis is definitely the nonprofit queen. She can make things happen. That's amazing. And you two, obviously, I can tell already that you two make just a perfect combination between the two of you. Um, I'm a little bit more like Karis. I would always be described as an extrovert. But the fact of the matter is I too like my alone time and I do get drained as much as I like to talk Katie I like to have these conversations and I, my wife just it just judging us will be at a restaurant I'll carry on a conversation with anybody it doesn't matter who they are I'm always very interested in people but then at the end of the day I'm just like oh just drained um, so by definition I would guess I'd be an introvert in that I'm drained by talking to people all the time but I absolutely love it I'm energized too so that's awesome. And you two complement each other so well. I absolutely love that. So we're going to get into what you two are doing, as I discussed uh, in the intro. But before we do that, one thing that I like to ask all of my guests is that kick in the gut moment. Because anybody, especially anybody who's building a business, and I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek because I associate a lot with entrepreneurs. Um, but everybody, period, across the board. Everybody has kick-in-the-gut moments throughout their life. It's what you do with those kick-in-the-gut moments that really make a difference in the rest of your life and how you affect other people. So if you could, uh, either collectively or individually, share with us the kick-in-the-gut moment that really took you to your knees and make us feel that. Well, I'll start. Um, I'm, I am a mother of twins and an embryo donor, as you mentioned earlier. And we had known that we probably would donate embryos from even before we had our twins because we thought, well, two kids, a boy and a girl, that's great. You know, we'll probably donate. And we started working on um, the National Registry for Adoption with Karis and her husband you know, as our twins were going to be born. Um, but when it came down to it and the twins were born, you have to come to that decision of, I've seen embryos grow into my children. Am I really going to donate these to someone else? And it was a struggle, and um, my kick-in-the-gut moment was when the twins were six months old, I finally had the realization that I just couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle working and two babies and my husband working, all of us working from home, and the kids were home. And I just had to say, you know, I can't have any more children. I can't do it and be the person that I want to be and the mom that I want to be and the wife that I want to be. And so for me, that, that day that I couldn't get out of bed and I couldn't do it anymore was the day that I realized, you know, the National Registry for Adoption or NRFA um, that we had been working on, I said, it's going to be a lifesaver for me because we had created these embryos and I just couldn't have four children. And it's a hard moment as a mom uh, to realize that you're kind of at the end 
your rope when other people seem to be doing it so easily. And just recognize that if I was going to be who the best of who I could be, then this was it in our family. Wonderful. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And for me, Karis, I would say I've actually had multiple kick-in-the-gut moments over uh, the 10 years that my husband and I have been married. We started trying to grow our family almost immediately after we got married in 2007, and it was a very difficult road for us. We, to date, have had 10 miscarriages, multiple failed adoptions, multiple foster children that lived in our homes that we thought we could adopt that ended up leaving and I would say with most of those situations I was on my knees at the end of all of them but it was really at the end um, after multiple failed private adoption attempts I had that moment where I realized for every child in the United States that was born as a newborn in place for adoption there were 28 families that were not picked for that child so there was a long line of waiting families, but there were very few newborns. Then I heard about embryo adoption, and the thought occurred to me, the embryos are waiting. Now, they haven't been abandoned. That term is often incorrectly used in association with embryo adoption. These embryos are lovingly waiting in storage for a home, and there were very few recipient families. So the opposite was true. And so when I realized that embryos were waiting and there were more embryos waiting than there were families in line to receive them and transfer them and give them a chance at life, that was truly the turning point for me. I realized something had to be done. It had to be easier to adopt these embryos, to connect the people who had embryos with the families who wanted to receive them and give them a chance at life. Well, that's, yeah, that's just wonderful. And I don't know personally the adoption process or even the, um, the the heartache of fostering a child. For you to make that connection between the embryos and all of that, that's just divine intervention. It's absolutely a beautiful thing. So how does that whole process work? Well, we have tried to make it as simple as possible because when Karis got into the embryo adoption world in the early, in the late 2000s, um, it was just hard to connect. It was hard to find embryos, especially if you wanted to know the family. Um, some clinics offer anonymous donation, but some some places charge the equivalent of doing a round of IVF, that money, for to help you match and um, have a chance at life. So we tried to make it simpler. And what happens is a lot of people in America nowadays um, do IVF, infertility treatments. And as Christians, we believe that life begins at conception. And so when you do infertility treatments, you create an embryo, a life, a cell that is growing. It's uniquely the father and mother's DNA, and it's growing. And then it's frozen, usually on day five. And they will, during the course of IVF, put a couple of those embryos in mom-to-be in the hopes of a child. Well, some people can use all their embryos, and their family is happy, and that's great. But in my situation, for example, we had twins, a boy and a girl, and we had two perfect embryos left over. And we had seen these embryos turn into our children. And so what was happening is those little embryos, those five-day-old embryos, were frozen in storage. And they waited until I found uh, the perfect family. And then those embryos were transferred into another mom-to-be. And she got pregnant and had twin boys. And so IVF is a great science discovery that helps people have children. 
but it also can lead to guilt and wondering and just the not knowing of what to do. Some women have 12 embryos or 20 embryos left over. Well, you can't have 20 children anymore. And at the same time, many of us believe that, you know, Christ created that life and we want to honor it by giving it a chance at life. It doesn't mean that all embryos work. You know, God is the true author of life, but we want to make it easy for people like me who have done IVF and we're kind of struggling with what to do with families who perhaps they don't have the money to adopt or the foster care system wasn't working for them or they want a chance to be pregnant and eat healthy and drink water while they're pregnant. We wanted those families to be able to meet and so we like to describe uh, in our FA as kind of the match.com of the infertility world. People with too much (laughs) can donate to people who don't have anything and it's at a much reduced cost than any other form of adoption. Yeah, and I I like that in so many ways. And what are some good news stories? I love, I'm just a sucker for good news stories. I think I'm a good news story, so I'll share my story with you. Awesome. Um, In 2010, July, our foster daughters that we thought we were going to adopt moved out. I found out I was pregnant for the very first time, only to miscarry that child several weeks later when my husband was in Africa leading a mission trip. We had three private adoptions that fell through. 2010 was a hard year in our house. 2011 was the opposite. 2011 was a year of answered prayers and abundance in our family. In March of 2011, a birth mother placed a little girl, beautiful baby girl, with us, and she became our daughter, Jula, which Jula is the Haitian Creole word for God is here, God is with us, and he truly was with us. Shortly afterwards, I got a package in the mail. It contained an audio CD of a radio broadcast talking about snowflake adoption, which I'd never heard of before. It was a very strange term to me. It was referencing embryo adoption. The fact that families had created these embryos and IVF cycles and now needed willing recipients to carry and give birth to them. Well, the idea intrigues me. But I had three barriers, my husband, my husband, and my husband, that I had to get through in order to try it. His first concern was for my health. He said, is carrying an adopted embryo going to you know, be a higher risk for you? Secondly, legally, what did that mean? Could the child be taken away from us? Could I carry this child all the way to term and then the genetic family come back and want to take the baby away from us? And the third barrier was financial. At that time, you only had two choices, really. You could go through a clinic who charged a lot of administrative fees associated with embryo donations and transfers or you could go through an adoption agency to find embryos and that was going to cost about $16,000 before we even could pay the medical bills for the transfer and then the delivery and so we did our research and we found out that his first concern my health not an issue there is not a higher risk associated with carrying a donor embryo than there would be with your own genetic child And we were willing to accept that risk. In fact, we'd been doing fertility procedures, trying to get pregnant with our own genetic child, and it hadn't worked. So we had already determined we were willing to accept the normal risk that pregnancy brings to women. Second concern, legal. Well, what we found out legally with embryo donation is that embryo donation is considered a property transfer. They are not given the same dignity or rights that a newborn child would be given and so they're considered property that cannot be sold just like your kidney you cannot sell your kidney no you can give your kidney to someone 
so that you could donate an embryo so we could receive the donation of an embryo but at the point that the it's just a simple legal contract um, which we actually now offer um, at the National Registry for Adoption we've had so many so much experience with these embryo contracts that we've gone ahead and developed an amazing contract and so it's a legal contract that you notarize and the embryos are your from that day forward the genetic family cannot change their mind and come back they cannot come get the baby and when the baby's born in fact the embryo recipient it it was my name on her birth certificate I was recognized as the mother um, through the entire pregnancy at birth and afterwards the third concern finances so I had to get creative with that one the agency fees were 16,000 the clinic fees were six to seven thousand in administrative fees not counting the actual transfer costs and so at the time, I thought, man, there, sh- there should be a website that allows the people who have the embryos to just post a profile and connect with the people who want to try to receive the embryos and carry the children. Why, why doesn't this exist? And so in my frustration, I mentioned that to my friend Katie. I said, Katie, there really should be a website that makes this simpler for people. And if there's anything Katie Klein's husband can do, it's build a website. <laughs> And so with that third piece of the puzzle in place, we um, found embryo recipients. We transferred the embryos on my daughter's first birthday, March of 2012, and got a positive pregnancy test back two weeks later. That November of 2012, I gave birth to my daughter, Zoe. Zoe is the Greek word for life, and we are so blessed with the way that that God brought her life and sustained her life. Um, as she was frozen for several years. She likes to tell people that she was frozen like Elsa. <laughs> she just she just celebrated her fifth birthday, and as much as a five-year-old can understand embryo adoption, she's embraced it and loves it and loves to share her story and encourage other people with it. Um, and so I would say that that is a happy ending for us. We went from being barren and infertile and empty arms to having arms full two precious little girls and since then we've actually gone on to adopt a little boy so we have a full quiver of three children that keep me very busy and I couldn't be happier good for you that is that is truly amazing I absolutely love it I really do and and so Katie you mentioned Scott and the website how did Scott have a role in all of this well my husband Scott Allen Turner was interviewed previously on Men of Abundance so if you want to check out his episode episode 123 123 people he's an amazing amazing entrepreneur and he has the ability to focus and so I can run a business but I can't build a website and so when Karis brought this idea to us I said well I can get the company up and running but I need someone to build the website and he took that on he was programming in the hospital while our kids were in the NICU and he made um, an RFA or an easier thing to remember is prebornkids.com that's easier to spell sometimes prebornkids.com he built that site and has helped babies be born so you know God brought up we have been friends Karis and I have been friends for years and I'm a donor and she's an adopter and God knew this because Scott and I weren't even sure we wanted kids when we met Karis and Duffy and now we are partners in a business that helps babies be born and we've got kids of our own and live in life absolutely amazing story truly truly amazing story from top to bottom um, from kicking the gut to enough is enough to just affecting and touching so many families and uh, preborn, ch- what is it? Preborn children. Preborn kids. dot com, 
And we have a few gifts for your list. Well, we have one gift for your listeners at prebornkids.com slash MOA for Men of Abundance. We can let you guys share on Facebook about this story because 95% of the people we talk to have never heard of it. So if you think, oh, this doesn't apply to me. Well, there's probably a few people in your coworkers or your church circle who this does apply to mm-hmm. because infertility and even, you know, the abundance of extra embryos isn't something that people just walk around advertising. So if you'd share that and then Kara said something awesome. I wrote an ebook. It goes chronologically through the steps of embryo adoption and donation. It breaks it into three different categories and it answers all the questions you might have about the categories. So the first one is, what is it? So all the different questions you could have about what embryo adoption and donation might be, they're answered there. Then it goes on to tell you if you decide to move forward with it, what steps do you need to take, what resources do you need to know about. And so it's a pretty comprehensive guide to answering any questions you might have about it. Even if it doesn't apply to you personally, it's a great tool to share with others who maybe are struggling with infertility. That's essentially how I learned about embryo adoption. It was from a stranger, not really a person I knew very well popped a CD in the mail to me and it changed my life forever. And so um, this ebook would be easy to forward to people that you know of or that you've heard of might be inter- might be interested in it. That's prebornkids.com slash MOA for your audience. Awesome and thanks. And I will have all of that linked up in the show notes. And I want to bring this around full circle because uh, guys, I know some of you might be thinking as as Karis just said, well, what is, how does this apply to me and how does this apply to men of abundance? Uh, and as Katie had mentioned as well, few people walk around saying, hey, I have an infertility issue. Me and my wife are trying to get pregnant. We just can't do it, especially guys. Women talk about much of this stuff quite often. Guys, we just don't. And I thought it was important to bring these two on and have this conversation because it's a conversation that you can have with your wife or with your siblings or anybody else in your family that's having these issues or share this episode with them and then they can get the ebook and get the other information as well because it is a big issue and, and by that by me saying that it's a big issue what are the numbers what does this look like how many people are affected by this that this can potentially help one in six couples of childbearing age are dealing with infertility of some sort so if you think you don't know anyone that this applies to you're probably wrong. It's probably something that they're dealing with behind closed doors, they're crying about, they're talking about, and they're suffering through alone in silence. Infertility from the beginning of time, from the first time you see it in the Bible, you see a uh, shame surrounding it. And we haven't been able to shake that to this day. And so, like I said, it's very easy to share on Facebook, and you don't know who you're going to be reaching with it. Oftentimes, even with the things I share, people message me afterwards and say, um, I'm so glad to get this information. I had no idea this was a possibility. And in that moment, they have received hope that they didn't know existed before, just by a simple Facebook mm-hmm. message or email. Well, and I want to jump in, mm-hmm. too, just for the donor side of things. Um, there are over 500,000 embryos in storage, but there aren't... 500,000 embryos up for adoption and that's because a lot of people who a lot of men who went through the IVF process with their wives and their wives have had kids and their lives are full maybe they're putting on hold that decision of what to do with embryos because they have the beliefs about it that we do they can relate to people with infertility so if you are a man with extra embryos on ice or you know someone who went through IVF and maybe um, has mentioned like oh we have 10 embryos I don't know what we're going to do this is also good for those donors as well 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up, too. That's very important to look at both sides of this. It can be a very emotional process for both the recipient and the donor. And what NRFA, or PreBornKids.com, helps with is taking it from a big, overwhelming, hypothetical situation to you're seeing pictures of real people. You're reading their stories. You're connecting with another individual. And it becomes a very personal and less overwhelming part of the process. I know for my husband, embryo adoption seemed like something he wasn't interested in until he saw our donor's profile. When he saw their picture and read their profile and read that we had common interest, all of a sudden he went from being opposed to it to being on board with it. And I know the same for many donors I've talked to. It can be very overwhelming for donors to think about trying to find a family for their children. So if you are a donor and this seems overwhelming to you, I want you to know that there is absolutely no commitment. You can go look at pictures. You can read stories of potential recipients and see if that doesn't make the process a lot easier for you or give you some closure, um, lead you down that path. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that again. It does it does make it a lot easier to put that personal and human connection to it as opposed to always thinking about the uh, the scientific and technical side of it. It takes it to a whole different level, and all that's definitely going to help. So, ladies, we're at the point in the show where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that? Of course. Yes, sir. Awesome. So, share with our abundant leaders one to three actionable steps that they can take today. Well, as we just briefly uh, reviewed, 95% of people don't know about embryo donation and adoption. So if you would just spread the word, uh, share Men of Abundance, uh, get Wally some more listeners and get the word out and uh, be open to, to listening to what people have to say. Download Karis's PDF at prebornkids.com slash MOA. Or if you're ready to donate or you're ready to make your waiting family profile, Go get started today. Awesome. Beautiful. Thanks for that. What daily habits make the biggest impact in your life? I think as a mom, and I'm not like Harris, I do love working out. I think working out makes a huge difference in your life and taking care of your health. I think as women and men, we can get so focused on taking care of our kids and doing our jobs that we forget to focus on us. And I think another simple step, which I'm sure many of your listeners already do, is get those once a day um, devotionals where it says December 15th, you're going to read this two paragraphs. I find that God and the Holy Spirit work through those in mysterious ways. And Mm -hmm. it's amazing how some days they are just spot on with what you need to hear from Christ. So take care of yourself. Go ahead, Karis. Yeah, I don't like to work out. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a fan of working out. So I'm going to have to go in a different direction. I would say two things that I would say I do every day that impact me deeply. The first is I listen to multiple podcasts every day. And the wisdom and knowledge that you can glean from those are will infinitely bless you with wisdom and the Lord can really speak through them so thank you for what you're doing and creating and producing this wonderful podcast Men of Abundance the second thing I do is I read to my children and I think that makes a big impact in them it puts them physically close to me it allows me to um, impart wisdom and knowledge from the word to them I love reading them stories about missionaries And I also love reading to them about um, virtues. And I've just seen it not only change their hearts, but change my heart. Wonderful. Absolutely love it. I really do. And I'm glad that uh, I asked that question. So what would you recommend, other than the PDF, other than the um, e-book, what would you recommend that our abundant leaders read, either on the subject or just in general? Ooh, in general. We have a blog that we have posted 
a plethora of information on articles considering the legal factors and ramifications of embryo adoption, personal stories, success stories of matches, and the different types of adoption that you can have. Just similar to a standard adoption, you can have an open relationship with your donors or your recipients, or it can be closed. And so um, we've put the best of the best information there on the blog, and I'd say go there first. Awesome, beautiful. So are there, do, do you happen to know if there are any podcasts out there talking about embryo adoption? There are very few. Um, most people have never heard of it. They think it's crazy. We have a video on our Facebook page that talks about my donation, and we get crazy rude comments like, you wouldn't believe, because <laughs> an idea is so new, new, new to people. And so I think if you just check out prebornkids.com and you look around for five minutes, and then if you come across a friend at work, um, a man in your Bible study who's saying, oh, I don't know what to do about this situation, you will probably be the only person in that room with the knowledge to share. Yeah, and I didn't want to, I was, I thought about that, but I didn't want to go there uh, in the short amount of time that we have, because I'm sure you have many uh, stories of hate mail and trolls and all that good stuff. Um, it's It just, anytime, especially with something new, you're going to inherently have that. And then, of course, we're talking about embryo adoption, so it's going to go even further. So we'll just leave that as it is and just know it's there. But go find the real information before you start passing judgment, guys. That's all I'm asking you to do. So what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? I feel, and this could go to your a lot of your listeners on the show, that people stay in situations where they are truly unhappy and unfulfilled. And I was in a job where I was great at it. And the week I decided to leave, I had listened to an 18-hour audiobook sitting at my desk, and I was told what a wonderful job I had done that week. <laughs> and I said, dear Lord... You know, if I can listen to 18 hours of a book and be told I'm doing a good job, then I'm not using myself to my full potential. And so if you have been disheartened, you know, unhappy with your daily life, face the facts, work is what we do most of the time. Or if your work is taking care of your kids and you just can't get the joy in that, then you need to talk to God about changing your situation, um, changing your roles and and finding something that... um, that you're good at and sometimes being good at something like uh, starting businesses involves a lot of grunt work and that's not necessarily fun but now instead of sitting at an office desk being bored all day babies are being born and families are being impacted because I said oh I'm out of here and and God God has blessed that and it doesn't mean it isn't tough and it doesn't mean that things sometimes don't work out but if you and your your men and women on your podcast are just sitting in feeling unfulfilled then I think you know, God wants us to work. God wants us to be fulfilled. And um, I don't necessarily think he's only got one thing you can do. I think you can do a lot of things with your gifts for God. Karis, do you have anything to add? I think too often we are very quick to trade in true and good things for fraudulent cheap things. We trade true grace that Christ offers us for a cheaper version of it. And we trade mm-hmm. in God's promises for cheaper versions of the world. And we cheapen the sacrifice that Christ made on the prop on the cross for us. We cheapen it, and we don't get the full, true promises that come from that. And so, f- through the process of trading the things, eternal things of heaven, for the things of this world, we can't live in abundance in that place. Yeah, agreed. I really do agree with that. What does living a life of abundance mean to you? For me, I feel that, kind of reflecting on what Karis is saying, we recently had a sermon series on heaven. 
And I feel that as a mom and as I'm sure as dad, you can get down into the weeds of life and you're stressing about this, that, and the other. And it's not to say that those things are not important. But for me to live an abundant life is to remember to show the love to my children instead of just worried about getting them dressed in the morning and serving my husband with love dinner instead of going, oh, I've got dishes to wash. Um, those things, the eternal, the love for your spouse and your children and serving at your church or giving of your time or doing a great job at a work you're not, um, you know, loving. Those are all things that are going to impact the eternal and Christ sees that. And so I feel like to have an abundant life, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have everything that you want, but the things that matter are what you need to focus on. And usually those things that you can focus on, like showing love to others and caring for others and taking care of yourself are really the only things you can control. You can't control everything else. Especially I can't control my two kids, so I just <laughs> got to show them love. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Yeah. It summed up best. You know, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God and second, you know, love the, those around you. And so that was Wonderful. great, Katie. Absolutely. Cool. So we're going to close this up. And before we do, what did we not talk about that you'd like to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? I think we covered it. I think we did. And that's good. Thank you. That was awesome. a fun and different interview. It was interesting to have different questions. Absolutely. Yeah. My pleasure. And uh, I absolutely love this conversation. And uh, I want you two to continue living an amazing life of abundance and keep paying it forward. Thank you, Wally. Have a great day. Thank you so my much. My pleasure. Aloha. All right, guys, I have to say, my wife and I have been very, very blessed with our children. And we've had some issues in the past as well, but nothing to the extent of the stories that we've talked about here today. We have been truly blessed. But there are other families out there who are not as blessed and can definitely use a service like this. They're looking for this. They're waiting for this. It's divine intervention. You can be the person that can share this information with them. So be abundant in your life today. And go out and pay it for That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.